Has your local footy club had a recent clangor or challenge? Well, Amy is here to help. The Amy Clangers for Good competition is back for 2024. This year, Amy are donating $10 for every clangor recorded during the AFL season with eight community clubs in the chance to win up to $15,000. If you want your club to go into the running in 100 words or less, tell us how Amy can help your club bounce back from a recent challenge. Enter now at amy.com.au forward slash clangers for good. That's amy.com.au forward slash clangers for good. T's and C's apply. KO's got you covered for this footy season with every game of every round live and ad break free during play. AFL, here we go. Carlton versus Melbourne with no ad breaks during play. That is going to be an absolute banger. Last time these two uh, got together, well, not the last time, when I was there, I kicked three. Freo versus Swans, live with no ad breaks during play, exclusive in Victoria. And the Hawks versus Saints, live with no ad breaks during play, is going to be an absolute blockbuster. It's a must win for both of these teams. And don't forget the NBA playoffs. Gee whiz, they are going off at the moment. So many big games to mention, and they will be absolutely enthralling. Watch every game live with both Eastern and Western conferences live with ESPN on KO. There's absolutely plenty of room for everyone, so get on board with KO. Now also available on Hubble. G'day guys and welcome back to the Dylan Friends podcast. Wowie, this is big. I I know I say this a lot, but genuinely, this guy is one of my favourite players of all time. Brendan, the Fevolution Favola. Now, for those of you who have been living under a rock for the last 20 years, Brendan Favola is a retired AFL player for the Carlton and Brisbane Lion footy clubs. He was easily one of the game's most exciting players on and off the field. He played 204 games, kicked 623 goals. He was a two-time common medalist and a three-time All-Australian. Fev was and still is one of the biggest names in footy. And now he's one of the stars on 101.9, the Fox breakfast radio show, Fifi, Fev and Byron. We touch on it all, how he started his career dreading going to Carlton, his favourite games and his best moments playing for the Blues, favourite teammates, starting a game at fullback playing on Fraser Gehrig, being stuck on 99 goals in a season, the Brownlow medal incident, leaving Carlton, heading to rehab and how he turned his life around. I honestly can't thank this guy enough for his time and his generosity to come on the show. I hope you enjoyed as much as I did. Let's go. Welcome to the Dylan Friends Podcast. My name is Deborah, Dylan's mum. Strap yourselves in for some light-hearted and wholesome fun. And don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. This man needs absolutely no introduction. One of my favourite players of all time, um... It's it's funny to say, mate. I'm I'm bloody starstruck at the moment, to be honest, and um, I'm absolutely grateful for your time. Can't wait to get in. You've got an incredible story, and I just hope I can do it justice. Brendan Favola, welcome to the Dylan Friends podcast. Well, thanks for having me, Dylan. Are you saying that because um, like I'm doing this for free because you're not paying me, so you thought you'd butter me up early? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. That's what I always do. <laughs> Mate, you're the biggest name in the game. You've got, you know, all the radio stations. You've got ambassadorships coming out of left, right and centre. Um, I thought you could help old mate out and just come on the show and have a chat. <laughs> Here we go. Dylan and friends with Feb brought to you by Mercedes-Benz Brighton. <laughs> we love Mercedes-Benz. I actually don't have a car, so if Mercedes-Benz want to jump on board, that would be fantastic. Fantastic. Mate, um, like I said, mate, it's an incredible story, and I don't want to miss any of it, but um, it's going to be hard to get it all in because it is such a such a great one. I want to talk about your early life to start with, though, because I feel like I don't know a lot about this. Um, yeah. Where are you from? Talk about your family. Talk about your upbringing. I want to sort of an idea about it. 
um, well, I'm from Narry Warren, so uh, southeast. So um, we actually lived in Hawthorne until I was about four. And um, I wish we lived in Hawthorne when I got to about 18 because we were poor as shit. We stayed in Hawthorne when we were rich as shit. Um, but we moved down to Narry Warren because Dad worked down there and um, he used to play lacrosse. So remember, like, um, uh, Oz Striker in, um, what's that, uh, American Pie? Yeah. You know that game? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that game. And um, anyway, he played lacrosse. So my uh, my mum wouldn't let me play lacrosse because it was too dangerous. Um, and she um, and he played that. And my uncle played ice hockey. So the sports, we didn't really know footy, man. So we, when we moved down to Narry Warren, I started prep. And everyone started playing footy. Prep, everyone was kicking the footy around. I had no idea what footy was, unlike you. Um, obviously having a dad who was the great um, of the footy club, of Carlton Footy Club, I didn't grow up with footy. So I, I started kicking this footy around because I was a wog, mate. I was into like, soccer and basketball and that sort of stuff. And um, anyway, I uh, started playing footy and I started playing under nines in like grade one, man. So by the time I was te- under tens, I'd played 100 games. By under 11s, I was kicking like snags, I was kicking 100 snags. Um, and just thinking, how good is this for a job? <laughs> I wasn't real good at school, so I'm like, I think I'm going to just do footy. Had my idols were like um, Stuart Lowe and Robert Harvey. Tony Lockett was my number one, and I just wanted to play for the Saints under 12s, under 13s, 14s, and then 15s. Um, you know, clubs started looking like a like Stenog Stingos. Who were you with? You would have been Knights. Colder Knights. Oh, you were Knights. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I started playing, uh, get, getting invited down there, and I was lucky enough to, to get into the Michael Tuck squad at like 15, about the under 15. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Played in. So I played in that, and ours was called the Michael Tuck squad. So the Michael Tuck squad and Michael Tuck was like our runner back in Berwick because when I played at Berwick, um, I played with Shane Tuck, so Michael's son, and obviously he went on to play for the Tides. We had a pretty good side back then. It was like... Shit, we won like nearly every grand final from under like 12s to 16s. We had a really good side. And then I went to the Tuck squad and then as a 16-year-old, I um, was lucky enough to get picked in the under-18 side for Stingrays. And we um, yeah, we had a great team. We had like Ramanaskis, Milne, um, Craig Jackatine that played for Collingwood, Chris Massey, Trent Crowe. I went and all, Trav Johnson got picked one that year. So we had a grouse side. Um, I think I said Rama. And we, um, so we played in the grand final that year as a 16 year old at the MCG. We came up against uh, North Ballarat. And we hadn't lost a game all year. The only games we lost because we had 12 players play Till Cup. So we went down to Tassie, got beat by them, and then we lost another game to some other team that was hopeless because we had all our Vic players around because we were quite a major, obviously. And then, um, Played the granny, beat North Ballarat by about 100 points the time we played them. And they rolled us in the grand final. It was awful. Um, a bloke by the name of Adam Goods kicked six or seven snags Jeez. for North Ballarat, won the medal. Never even heard of him. He went on to do a few good things. Yeah. <laughs> um, a couple of Brownlows. Um, so he smashed us. He played on Massey and Crow that day, and they both got drafted. He took them to the cleaners, man. I was a 16-year-old, massive chin, pimples, short haircut, massive ears. Just on the big stage, shitting myself. And then, like, under 17s, um, that was my, obviously, would have been my bottom age, but because I played at 16, which is, I don't think it happens now. I don't think 16 year olds play anymore. No. Um, I kicked heaps of snags, man. I was on. Um, played Till Cup as a 17 year old, went into the 17 year old draft. 
And um, I was actually having a look at this the other day. They were talking about dud picks in the, 90, <laughs> in the 1998 draft. That was 17-year-olds. Um, and I actually – because back then it was a bit weird, man. It wasn't like your draft. They had like a 17-year-old draft inside the 18-year-old draft. Yeah, you could so go at the same time. One, uh, only one club was allowed a 17-year-old. So oh, right. yeah. Des Hedlund was – Des Hedlund was pick one, so he went to Brisbane, man. He was he was that cocky. You know, remember draft camp? You got a draft camp? Yeah. Yeah, so draft camp we had it the um we had it out at the uh, police in Waverley, the police academy. Half of us should have ended up in jail. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't good. Anyway, we, we had it out there. And I remember um I'm trying to find this list, and I remember we um we were there and, you know, when you go in and talk to all the recruiters and stuff, so you go in and he was number one. So he was a massive, um, he was a massive Fremantle fan. So he, Fremantle had picked two, which was Justin Longview, who's now the coach of uh, Freo. He uh, he was pick number two, but Des wanted to go pick one because he's a Perth boy. So he, wa- he used to walk around with Fremantle gear on. No. And he walked in like the Brisbane meeting with Fremantle no. to pump and like, like full Fremantle gear. And he said, I don't want to get drafted to Brisbane. Mate, they got him a flag. And he ended up, but then he, remember when he nearly won a brown though, went back to Fremantle and ended up in a waffle. <laughs> 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 He was playing with like Black Ackermanus, Lappin, but with all these jets, he was just sitting on the outside like half all the hand style, just get fishing out for the free kids. <laughs> and he made nearly one of Brown though. Anyway, so he went peak. So I went there. So I, I got invited to the draft, and there was only eight players that got invited. And now the blokes that they thought would go in the top 10. So I'm sitting there, and pick one goes on, pick two, pick three. And I was supposed to go to Geelong, pick one, uh, there with their first pick. And I think they drafted Peter Street. <laughs> um, bad decision. I've never heard of him. <laughs> yeah, I think he's a copper now. So, <laughs> um, yeah, big Peter Street. He ended up going to the Bulldogs, I think. Good Taswegian. Tasmania, not a bad fellow, actually. Um, and I got enrolled into a school down in Geelong because I was still in year 11. So, um, anyway, I'm sitting there, pick 20, and there's great footage of, like, uh, the, the draft. I was doing a documentary called The Draft with Ramanaskis, Hedlund and me. Mate, they both won flags and I've got wooden spoons. <laughs> so is that is that your probably your memories, out. I suppose, like getting picked up to the Blues, what was the first sort of memories of it and like how did it sort of play out the first couple of years? Well, this is what happened. I'm sitting there and the dad's looked at me and gone, man, what's going on? Because I didn't really speak to the Blues. So I'm like... I think I'm going to go, I'll have to go in the next year's draft, go number one, whatever. Yeah. It'll be better. I'll take number one. <laughs> anyway, I'm sitting there and pick 30 come along, then pick 38. They read out my number. I think it was like 5573. Brendan Vola, Daniel Stingray's to Carlton. And I went, oh, fuck. I was shattered, man. I hated Carlton. I hated Carlton with a passion. Because um, Chrissy Newman was like my best mate who was next door to me. Yeah. So I grew up with Newman. He went, went on to Captain Richmond for a long time. He was a massive. Uh, he was a, he was a Carlton man, so he he was loved the Blues, and I was a Saints man. So I hated I hated Carlton so much because they used to smash us all the time because we were so crap um, until like ninety seven ninety eight when the when the Saints played in Grannies. But my first day at the club, I remember rocking up to the old Heatley stand. You would have walked into those club rooms many times, and you walk through the offices on the left. They've got like their pigeonholes just yeah. on the left before you turn right and like the Hall of Fame. Um, it's all gone now, which is shattering, but. I remember walking into the rooms. I walk in and big Stephen Silvani's there. And he goes, welcome to the club, Brendan. 
I'm Stephen Silvani. I was like, ah, oh, no shit. I was like, oh, this is sauce. I'm like seven, eight, man. I'm still like, I haven't even reached puberty yet. I was that immature. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm still in year 11. And he goes, mate, come upstairs. We're doing weights. So I walk upstairs and I get upstairs and then uh, we're doing weights. He goes, do weights with um, Aaron Hamill. Aaron Hamill, Sammy was doing weights with Brett Ratton. Well, Brett Ratton was watching. <laughs> he never did weights. And I started doing weights with them. And I was just like, I looked around the rooms and I was like, this is the Monday morning after the Sunday draft. And I'm going, man, what's going on here? But, you know, it's, it's just an amazing looking at all the stars. There's Ross, Bradley, Cuda. Cuda looked like he could squat me. Like, he was just a machine. Um, and it was just an amazing feeling. And then I remember we ran a time trial around the park, and I'm hopeless at running down. I'm just quick over, like, 100, and then I'm done. Like, yeah. <laughs> someone shoots me from the from the top of the grandstand, and he go, and Stoss goes to me, I usually come second last, big fella. So if, uh, I said, "Well, who comes last?" He goes, "Mate, if that bloke beats you, don't bother, don't bother getting on. Don't bother coming back into the room. Get onto the fifty-seven tram and go straight back down to where you come from." And I'm like, "Who the freaking hell's coming last?" Never said it. We took off, <laughs> and I'm like second last, about a k in. Sauce's just in front of me. I look back, and it was Big Lance with them. Lance. And I'm like, oh, "All right, I'm just going to beat Big Lance." <laughs> So me and Lance were always last or second last. Oh, that was funny. That was like my first day. Who like, took you under the? Place. Who took you under their wing? I suppose, like out of those guys, who did you knock around with? Who um, gave you the most lessons? Uh, Sammy Hamill was really good early because um, I think the forwards looked after the foot. Sauce was really good because um, you know what Sauce is like. He's like real cheeky. Like he, he's he's. Like when you look, when you if you didn't know him, you wouldn't think he's funny. But he's really like witty and does real funny like gags and yeah, stuff. He wasn't that funny when he was delisting me, but I, I can imagine that. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah, true, true. Um, <laughs> did he delist you at both clubs? No, he probably would have, but he didn't get the chance at Giants. That was. Uh, oh no, he wasn't at TWS. Yeah, that was he, that he, was, he was Leon. You crossed over. Yeah, you, you like me. You got up twice. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, I, I didn't get chopped because I wasn't any good. Yeah, yeah. No, it's the opposites. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, he, he was really good, and I, I always remember this is this is no this is no word of a lie. Like all the boys are really good because they were a pretty old group. They'd won a flag. But in my first year, '99, we we played in the grand final, and then 2000, we got beaten a prelim by Essendon. And we beat them the year before by a point, and they went on. I don't think that was the game the year but the year after. It was one game, sorry. And after the 99 grand final, I remember walking to Mad Monday with Craig Bradley, and um, we're walking across the road to the old Nortons. The old man would have had a few bots at Nortons. Yeah. Um, just a great pub. And he was just chatting to me because I didn't really drink that much back then. Um, <laughs> I waited for a bit after to do that. <laughs> Um, and he said, <laughs> he said, mate, your footy career goes like that. And a lot of people get said this, but I'll never forget it because, man, I was like, shut up, you're 58. Like, this, <laughs> this doesn't go that quick. I'm 17 years old. I've got at least 15 years like, to go. Yeah. And, man, the, my footy career went like that. Like, it's so bizarre how quick it does go. I'll never, ever forget that, but. Yeah, all, all the boys are pretty good. Yeah, but yeah, Hamill and Sauce were pretty good back then. We speak about your early coaches, and I suppose at Carlton, there was David Park and Britton and Pagan. Um, I've heard 
doing research that Britain wanted to actually trade you at the end of 2002. The Blues finished last for the first time in that year, and then Pagan was appointed, uh, appointed coach. And then that's probably when your career really took off under Pagan. Why do you reckon that was so? Um, <clears throat> I remember... I remember the year, I think that was 2000, was that 2002? 2002. 2001. He got the arse 2002, didn't he? Yep. Yeah. So I remember the end of 2002, I walked into a team meeting room and um, I was sitting there and, you know, when you walk into those, at the end of the year, when you go in and oh, I hate they give those you an eight-week program. Oh, yeah, they're the worst, man. And they give you the eight-week program that you've got to do in the off-season, you pick it up and you throw it in the bin on the way out because it's holidays, you know. <laughs> Who trains in the off-season? <laughs> anyway, there was no sheet of paper. In there was like Barry Mitchell, John Westall, Rossi Lyon and Brits. I thought, shit, this doesn't look good. And I sat down and, mate, the meeting went for 30, a bit like you with Sauce probably, went for 30, 30 seconds. <laughs> I walked in and he goes, how do you think of you? went, mate, I said, oh, oh, yes. Bit stiff, only played like 11 games. I don't think I've got much of an opportunity. He goes, mate, you're kidding yourself. We're trading you. I went, what? He goes, you're on the trade table. Uh, and I go, oh. He goes, that's it, mate. And I'll, that's it. That was it. I got up, walked out. I'm like, fucking hell. What am I going to do now? Like, this is like my whole life. I, I put all my eggs in one basket. And I got in the car, rang mum, as you do. I'm like, mum. <laughs> and my mum doesn't swear, man. I go, mum. I've just been given the arts. I'm getting traded. And she said, you fucking idiot. What are you going to do now? You haven't got a trade behind you. So I hung up, man. I just hung the phone up. I'm like, I don't need that. And I was living with Simon Beaumont, one of the greats. And um, he was living in uh, in Turak Road, uh, in Turak, well, South Yarra. And I drove home and he just got like an extension in his contract. So I've walked in with all that team meetings. He's like, man, what's, uh, how'd you go with your, con- how'd you go? I said, mate, oh, I need to borrow a year off your three-year extension. I've just been given the arts. <laughs> He's like, bullshit. So like, nah. And I'm like, oh, shit. He goes, right. He loved a silo and, and a, uh, like a nice day. He used to dad, like smoke with Becca on a Tuesday. Becca was used to be on a Tuesday night. Yeah. Anyway, so it was off season, obviously. And he goes, mate, we'll have a stivo and we'll have a bottle of bourbon because we loved our gym bean. We sat on the balcony and, and smashed that. Then we got on to the next one. And I still remember to this day, man. Remember Sandra Sully with the late news? Yep. Remember that? The Sandra Sully and the late news was on afterwards. And it was about 10.33 to be precise. And mum rings me. And I'm like, God, just she want? Hey, oh, mum, what do you want? She said, are you watching the news? I said, no. She goes, Wayne Britain's been sacked. I said, you fucking beauty. <laughs> So anyway, <laughs> went out to the Prince of Wales, got home at 6.30 in the morning and I was, I was, I was not well. Like I was just so hungover and the phone rings at like CSC about 8 o'clock in the morning and I'm like, hello. I oh, know I let it go through to Gilly first. I'm like, oh, that's going straight through to message bank. He can take that. And three times they rang and I thought, oh, I've just been given the arsehole answer. I can't remember anything I did last night. So anyway, on the other line was Dennis Pagan. He goes, son. He goes, I'm getting, I'm becoming coach on Monday morning. I'd love you to come into a meeting and I want to have a chat with you about next year. And I was like, shit, I can't go in now. I said, man, what about like 4.30? I've got to go to mum's for lunch. She lives in Somerville. My brother's <laughs> down from over. Interna- he's international. Man. And he's like, yeah, no worries, mate. Got a time at 4.30. Mate, hit the snooze, but uh, the, the alarm, fell asleep, woke up at 4 o'clock, drove back down to Royal Parade, mate, fresh as a daisy, drove past Macca's McChicken, got into the meeting. And he's like, mate, he goes, I love the way you play footy. You're going to play uh, 22 games, so backing you in 110%. And I'm like, this is sick. 
And literally, he went for 20 minutes, man. I have no idea what he was talking about because I'm trying to add up all the games, like for cash. But 22 matches, what, how much am I on? I'm the worst at her upper up. <laughs> anyway, and that was the mean. That's it. And Dennis is my, but Dennis has backed me in 100%. I gave me a lot of confidence. Like, I had it in there, but he, like, to, to be a coach, man, it's that hard because you've got to manage 45 blokes and know how everyone ticks. Different personalities. And he just knew how to put, and he just knew how to push my buttons, man. And it, I don't know what it was, but um, I just, I think he realized how good I was and just pumped back me in. I actually had Dennis Pagan, I was saying last week with Kane Lambert on the podcast, he coached under-18s. The camaraderie up and getting the boys nude in the showers. Did he bring a bit of that to you as well? Yeah. Mate, nothing better than being nude in the showers. I remember, man, I literally was like, everyone was always nude. And, like, Simon Wiggins used to be the best because he let, like, the young boys get He tackled me on my first week. He wouldn't let me, sorry, he wouldn't let me shower with my jocks on. No jocks on. That was like it's like such peer group pressure because it's like the first day of training. You're standing in there, and like Wigo was in there. He do it like it's like, probably can't tell the story, but it's <laughs> very funny. And you've probably seen it, and that's happened. But um, when I went up to Brisbane for the 15 seconds I was there, I remember <laughs> walking into the shower. <laughs> they got great setup. I walked in nude, and everyone's in there like budgie smugglers. I'm like. People are doing it in shorts and your jocks. We're just trained. And they're like, why are you nude? I'm like, because I'm having a shower, mate. <laughs> I'm showering with jocks. I couldn't believe it. It's unbelievable. Yeah, it's weird, definitely. man. That's weird. That's weird. No, you can't share in your jocks. I think that's the one thing at a footy club that I've learned, if anything. It's, uh, it's a definite no-no. You guys know that I'm currently on my cooking journey, and one thing that I've learned is that you can and you should cook with extra virgin olive oil. Our friends at Cobram Estate have Australia's most awarded range of extra virgin olive oil, and it's now my go-to in the kitchen. Whether it's infused, ultra-premium, or everyday essentials, they have the perfect oil for you. KO's got you covered for this footy season with every game of every round live and ad break free during play. AFL, here we go. Carlton versus Melbourne with no ad breaks during play. That is going to be an absolute banger. Last time these two uh, got together, well, not the last time, when I was there, I kicked three. Freer versus Swans, live with no ad breaks during play, exclusive in Victoria. And the Hawks versus Saints, live with no ad breaks during play, is going to be an absolute blockbuster. It's a must-win for both of these teams. And don't forget the NBA playoffs. Gee whiz, they are going off at the moment. So many big games to mention, and they will be absolutely enthralling. Watch every game live with both Eastern and Western conferences live with ESPN on KO. There's absolutely plenty of room for everyone, so get on board with KO. Now also available on Hubble. Life's pretty tough right now, and for a lot of people. And this can really impact our mental health. We can't always be at the top of our game, bombing goals on the MCG, shaking hands and kissing babies. If you need mental health support, The Sane Forums are a place online where you can talk to people who get it. They know what you're going through because they've been there too. The community on the forums discuss all sorts of experiences, so you're sure to find someone who just gets you. The forums are completely free and anonymous, and mental health professionals are there in the background 24-7, so you always feel safe and supported. Sign up now and chat to others at sane.org forward slash forums, because physical distancing doesn't have to mean social distancing too. Sane.org forward slash forums san.org forward slash forums we care because we've been there um mate i want to talk about we love a spray on this show and i'm sure maybe over the journey as good as you were you you've you've probably copped a couple um on and off field 
Do you remember one? Is there one that sticks to mind that really comes in and, and hits you right between the eyes? Um, man, I didn't cop that many. Um, not in front of the group. Um, I remember a pretty funny story. This is this is this is probably why I don't know. It's weird. We're, we're Dennis Pagan. Like, I don't know why we're in the Gold Coast. I think we played North Melbourne in a game there, man. I think one of us sold it because we were poor. Yeah. <laughs> Play at the Gold Coast. <laughs> it was like 9.30 in the morning, uh, at night and we're playing the next day. It was, yeah, Goldie, it's beautiful, man. And we'll stay in right where, you know, that theme park is where they shoot you up in the air with a rocket. And stuff. Yeah. The pitch and putt stuff. We'll stay in right across the road from that. I think it was like a mantra. Anyway, I'm in with Arhul Houlihan and... Jordan Bannister's with um, Andrew Text Walker. And then we text each other, man, let's go for a walk. Because it's like 9.30. We're like, we're bored. We're playing like a night game on the Gold Coast. We need to go out. So anyway, we walk down and then we walk past. We're children, man. Like We're like literally 15 years old. Walks is like, hey, let's shoot ourselves up in the air. We're like, this would be <laughs> sick. All right. So they, those two went, up they go. We went, up we go. We're like, oh, it was awesome. Then we went back home, went to bed. We play the game of footy, right? We're sitting there. We've been beaten by the kangaroos. I've kicked. I got kicked eight, and we're sitting in the team meeting room, right? So we're all sitting there, and Dennis used to go from top all the way across, and then work his way down to the end, and he'd give everyone a spray or say, "Hey, we went through every player, every single game." Right. And I was always last. I used to sit next to Murph, and there was we all sat in the same sort of spots. So anyway, he's going through, and he goes to Jordan Bannister. Now, Bano, you were shit-ass today. You know why? I was walking at quarter to ten last night and I see you shooting yourself up in the air in some big ball. You're a professional footballer. <laughs> Going nuts. Gets to Walker and he goes, same thing. What are you doing? You're a young kid. You're shooting yourself up in the air. He gets to Hullahan, says the same thing. And I'm last and I'm going, oh, no. Gonna, I haven't really copped a big spray. I'm going to cop it because I'm the oldest one. I'm like, this is going to be a nightmare. And he gets to me and he goes, Fev, geez, you look good today. Keep doing what you're doing, son. You kicked eight. Well done. We get in the showers and we're nude. And the roof looks at me and goes, man, that's not well, man. We're all doing that. Why didn't you get in trouble? I said, man, if you're going to do stuff like that, you've got to make sure you perform, mate. <laughs> <laughs> that's actually a good lesson for the kids. You can Is that the lesson that you probably spend today? You can do whatever you want that's as long as you perform. Mate, that's a lesson. Have a look at the best, one of the greatest players playing right now. He does what he wants. He just wins Norm Smith. It's true. Um, I did whatever I wanted, but I just probably didn't perform. So that's probably what happened with mine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. At least you had fun doing oh, it. Oh, mate, I had a shitload of fun. That was really good. Um, yeah, one memory yeah, one memory that I have of you one day, um, I'm not sure on the actual what happened with this, but it'd be interesting to get your opinion. The day that you started at full back. Oh, Yes. What happened there? Well, I was struggling, man. I think I wasn't getting a kick. And um, I, <laughs> it's actually a pretty funny story. I don't think I've really ever told this story before. So Fraser and I are real, like, real good mates. The big G train, you know, two big full forwards that love a beer that have got no idea about normal life. Um, we just in our own little bubble. And Fraser was a real recluse. Like, he just hated going out. We just sit at his house and have, like, froth. Yeah. Um, sit in his bar. Sounds weird, but we sit in his bar and have froth. Um, anyway, we we went out for dinner on, like, the – I remember walking up to Monday at training and Dennis come up to me and says, hey, uh, hey, son, you're going to play on your big mate, 
fullback this weekend. You haven't been getting a kick. Now you need to know what it feels like to play down the back. I said, what? I was like, all right, no worries. So you just take it. I was like, yep, okay, I'm playing fullback. So anyway, I went out for, we went out for dinner with big phrase. We had Ty. And um, we're about 15 beers in because um, that's what we did. And he goes, oh, I'm playing a big Thornton this weekend. He goes, yeah, he goes, I'll probably kick 10. And I'm like, I'm playing on Maxi, yep. Yeah, I'll probably kick one or two because Maxi always had my measure. Good player, Maxi Hutchinson. Anyway, we get to the game because I obviously knew I was playing on Fray, so I didn't <laughs> tell him. And I'm running and I wore a long sleeve because Sauce wore one. I'm like, mate, full back. <laughs> century. It worked for him. So I wore like a long sleeve for no other reason than I was playing full back. And I ran down and I went, went to the Telstra Dome. We're kicking to the locket end or I don't know what end it was. And, and mate, my sort of dude I used to hang around with at the footy club, Sammy Hamill was playing for St Kilda at the time. And this is what he said. He goes, hey, Fabio, you fuck with you at the wrong end. Because I ran past him. And I go, no, I'm not, mate. And he was laughing. And big phrase used to always go down the goal square. And he used to do these big darts with his yeah. little tight shorts. Yep. He used to dart up and down doing his sprints. And he goes, what are you doing, you big chin? <laughs> I go, mate, I'm playing with you, man. And we laughed. And I'm like, oh, this is awful. Because he's a monster, man. Big boy. Like, he's a He's a monster. Like he could eat me and bench me like fifty times. Anyway, and I've scored next to him, so I didn't want to bump you because he's angry at. I didn't want to anger him, so I was just trying to be fun. Man, the ball come in the first two times, fuck, bang! I've had two marks, two kicks. I'm like, how easy is this? Playing back. Anyway, thirteen minutes into the first quarter, Fraser's kicked five. <laughs> <laughs> he was kicking that. He was kicking it out of his ass. I'm like, this is horrific. Oh. <laughs> I walk in at a quarter time and Dennis goes, son, back to full forward. I said, oh, geez, there's a lesson there, isn't there, Dennis? Never put me there again. <laughs> he goes, the lesson is you might not play next week. And I went, oh. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> the next week we play Adelaide in Adelaide. It was Wayne Carey's 250th. And we hadn't won away for ages, man. And I flicked some switches in that game, kicked the goal from the boundary to win the game. Yes, right yes, line. yes. That was the next week. Thank you to beat us by 120-something points, man. Like, they smacked us. And then and they had, like, Rusciuto, Carey, Goodwin, um, McLeod, Burton, all these Edwards. Mate, we had Digby Morrell, Daniel Harford. Skinny Lappin. <laughs> mate, Skinny Lappin was a good player. Mate, you could have got, you could have been on that team. Dylan <laughs> Buckley, we had all these folks playing, man, and we beat them. Like we knocked them off. So I kicked seven, and then we played Collingwood the week after. I kicked eight, and then I kicked eight against Collingwood, uh, Essendon the week after that. And Dennis come up to me. This is no word of a lie. He goes, "Son, geez, I'm a good coach." That's a masterclass. You go, hey, I put you to full back, and then you go kick seven, eight, eight. <laughs> Tick for me. You know what? I was thinking to myself, you can do it. <laughs> I had nothing to do with you. <laughs> I taught you a lesson. Never put me up for that. <laughs> we touch on that, mate, because oh, obviously some of those games are incredible. And before this, I was trying to collate my top three favourite moments of your career. I couldn't narrow it down. I had it. I, yeah. I put it to top four. Um, so yeah. I'm going to play them to you, and you've got to let me know which one's your favourite and if I haven't actually hit the... Hit the I hope right it's one. not one of me walking out of the. New, I hope it's not one of me walking out of the New Farm Clinic. No, I haven't got that one. <laughs> this is the first one. Started to bucket down again, oh. and Sumner found a gap where there wasn't one. Feeds it inside to Cruiser. He goes to Buckley. Oh, sorry, mate. That's mine. He could get it. Sorry, that's mine. <laughs> one set. Sorry. 
<laughs> that's my one. Sorry. That oh, that's a goal. That's straight over the umpire's hat, that one. Here's, here we go. Starting from the start. Go. 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 Now Bentic setting it up. Favola. Fletcher needs to be good. Favola. He's, He's got it. it. He has marked it. Good one-hander. Beautiful one-hander, that one. So that was against Essendon. He kicked eight. That was eight in the last, in the whole game. Your first goal was kicked at the second quarter mark of that game. What are your memories of that one? Yeah, mate. Well, I remember, man, we're playing the Bombers, and obviously when we played the Bombers, as you know, huge rivalry, big crowd, and they were spanking us, man. They were like 50-something points. But maybe more, 53 points. I think it's still the greatest winning comeback. 40, yeah, 48, I think it was. Yeah. Yeah, mate, they were miles in front. And literally, the, it was like that. The, the Essendon supporters were dead. Like, they were going nuts. And you could just see all the Carlton supporters going, ugh. And anyway, I kicked the first goal. I got a handball over the top. Uh, no, I kicked that. I, I, I kicked one from about 50, I think. And then straight after, I got like a little cheapy. Like, I got a Bentic handball. Why don't I kick that, mate? I was. I was right on the boundary. Went straight through the river. <laughs> Great kid. Anyway, that was just before halftime. And I remember walking in and we had our weights coach, Tony Doherty. And, man, I hadn't had a kick. I was down. You know, with big forwards, man, like you, when you're off, you're off. Yeah. You're done. Like you just throw in the towel, the, 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 throw the baby out of the bathwater and just think about what you're doing that night. And um, he, I remember him coming up to me and he goes, because I had new boots on. He's like, man, it's like, he was like, so he always come up to me at halftime just to give me like a pep talk. He's sort of like a mental coach as well. Yep. And he goes, mate, it's like you don't want to get your boots dirty. And I'm like, oh, what, what are you talking about? I'm like, no, I'm doing my boots. And he stood on me boots, like, like dirty them. And he goes, you'll be right now. Anyway, it went out and then we dominated the second half and we came back and, mate, the Carlton supporters, man, like they were, the, they were deafening. I've never heard it that loud because we come from nowhere. Um, and it was a huge win. And I remember walking in afterwards and Tony Doherty was like, See, I said, what did you touch my boots for? He goes, because I just wanted you to take your mind off what you were thinking in there and think about your boots. And I'm like, well, it bloody worked. Because I literally, like, I can't stand there. They're going, what are you blocking me boots for? It's got nothing to do with me boots. <laughs> There's a huge Anyway, game. but it took my mind off what had happened in the first half. And I came out and we, mate, we just dominated. Blokes were putting that pace out. Like, I, you're only as good as your midfield, man. And they were just like, full hand in Scotland and that were kicking them on their left, like, fat side, yeah. boom, straight in my hand. And once you're on, man, you're like, feed me, feed me. And uh, yeah, that was a great game, man. That was um, that was one of the one of my highlights. This is my uh, second one, mate. Swill leading weight, weight brought him down. Armfield off the outside for Vola. Is it a free for Vola's kick? The most remarkable goal. Save you, little beauty. That was the one against the Pies. I think that might have been the one you're talking about earlier. You kicked eight that day. The one over the head with Nathan Brown in the goal square. Yeah, that was um, yeah, that was just a fluke, because <laughs> I reckon I kicked one a bit after that where it was a pretty similar thing. We come from behind as well, and I think Rats was coaching us then. And I remember you watch the footage, but when you're in the moment, man, forward, you just kick snags because that's what you paid for to do. And now I look back on it, man, there was like Mark Murphy and I think Dennis Armfield standing in the goal square waiting for a handball. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> nah, him nothing, man. never give it to Dennis. <laughs> Absolute donut, and I've just gone to the crowd. But I remember that that one there. That was, um, mate. It's weird because if the ball if the ball's going away from you, it's mentally you're like, oh, I don't want to go near it. But when you can get a snag, man, you're like, oh, I will do anything to get that pill. 
Oh, you just want to kick snags and get because you want the crowd to go nuts, man. It's all about the crowd and the noise, and it gets you going as a forward. Like you go on instincts, and that was that was a good game. And this one, I suppose we touched on this one just before. I didn't know that this was after that game that you were playing full back, but this yeah. is, this has got to be yeah, one of the best game. goals you've kicked. Loose ball, Paige Simpson to Scotland, short to Vavola. He's got it. Oh, what a mark! By saying he didn't take it over the line. What was going through the head at this stage? That's a big call. The guy, the well, man, I, I thought I marked it because Scotto hit on his left. He's a beautiful kick, man. And I think Peter uh, Peter Brock, <laughs> Nathan Brock was playing on me. And, um, and I remember I marked it because I had it. I had it in my hands. And little skinny Lappin came over, I reckon, and he was like, mate, he's marked that. And I, and I told the umpire, went to the boundary umpire, nah. And I said to the umpire, man, look at the, the, the footage up on the big screen at Football Park. And the umpire looked at it and paid it. He got like, reversed it. I'm like, sick. He reversed it. Mate, because we were like, she will 30-something points down in that game too, man. And um, like three-quarter time. And I went back. And I remember, um, and there was a water bottle dude there, and I'm like, man, because I couldn't get, because I go off a bit of a big run up, and I just like to walk in. So I didn't really have the run up. And I remember Nick uh, Puss Stevens come up to me, because uh, Puss played at obviously Port Adelaide. Yep. And then um, he came up and goes, mate, right to left, always, man. We kick goals here every single time after the training, right to left, right to left, trust me. And I'm like, right, so I'm walking in, I'm like, left to right, right to left, right to left, just go right to left, it'll swing in. Man, if you watch it, it was the worst kick. I don't know how it went in. It's come off my man. It's come off like this bit here of my foot right <laughs> there. Like come off there, not well. And it's gone left out of bounds on the full, swung in, and it's gone through the middle as a floater. And the boys in the goal square are going nuts. And that was like one of the best feelings I've nearly ever had on a footy field because everyone went nuts. And we'd come from nowhere. We had a team full of like people that shouldn't have been playing. Uh, playing against a super team, yeah, and um, and then we had like a minute to run down the clock, and everyone's like, "Go back, go back!" And I'm like, "Man, I'm not running all the way back there. No, <laughs> you don't back." Anyway, the siren went, and we got up, and it was amazing. Yeah, that's a great win, man. Hang on, have you got that goal where I kicked over my head against Richmond? That was probably the best goal ever. Oh, do you like? I, th- I like the one against the Pies better. Now the goal, the goal I was talking about, which one I always remember. I take this Luke McGuan. Yeah, kicked it over my head. I played on Luke McGuan. It was at Will Worcesterfield. It was one of those. Oh, okay. And he uh, and Chris, <laughs> do you like that one? Yeah. And Chris Newman, who was my best mate, there's a picture of him looking at me, and I ran past him. And I go, "Fuck you, mate! I just won myself a car." <laughs> <laughs> and he's looked at me. And gone, he goes, "You're such a wanker." <laughs> anyway, I didn't win the car. You didn't win it. Uh, it was a funny story because, nah, mate, Lloyd won it for a little back heel against us. It was bullshit. No, anyway, I didn't win anything. Mate, favourite teammate. <laughs> Unfortunately, we didn't get to play together and we didn't get to cross paths and I never got to uh, lace you out the way I, you like them because you know, you know I like to lace them out. But I want to name a few names here and I hope I haven't missed anyone. Nick Stevens, Ryan Houlihan, Mark yep. Murphy, Cade Simpson and my personal favourite, which I think might be the winner of this, he's Scotland. Who would you rather hit you on the tit inside 50? Uh, Ryan Houlihan, followed closely by he's Scotland. Hoopsie. The chainsaw. Who's he? Who's he was when he did that? Oh, I was the first there, and I go, "What are you doing, guys? Man, I saw Brett Lee do it in the test. <laughs> it's embarrassing. This is in the middle, middle of the game. Um, yeah, he, mate, he was. Uh, he just knew where I needed to go. Like he put the ball where I wanted it, 
Um, and he made me lead to the footy every time, man. I don't think he missed a kick, left or right foot. He was a classy he was like player. A Rolls Royce, yeah, silky. In 2008, this would be good to get your opinion on. I was at this game um, versus Hawthorne. Buddy kicks his 100th. Uh, You're on your 99th. I want to get your opinion on this, mate, because Clarko's flooded the back line. Like, everyone wanted to see this. Hawthorne, obviously, they were going to win the game. There was no harm in letting you have one more goal. Do you hold any resentment over that? Yes. I know. He had the Box Hill Hawks reserves come down in that last quarter. Mate, they were everywhere. It was about seven blokes on you. Mate, I didn't – well, the thing was, like, Buddy had to kick two. So he was going to kick that early. He was playing on Paul Bauer. That was going to happen in the first quarter, which it did. Um, like if I was playing on Paul Bauer, I would have kicked 12. It would have got me 100. Um, <laughs> I didn't kick a goal in the first half, man. I was goalless. Like, well, I was just not getting – I kicked one on the four, kicked a hit at post. Anyway, I kicked four in the third on the chance here. Like, and to watch everyone run on when Buddy kicked it was amazing because I, I ran on with Lockett. Um, Ablett. I used to run on the ground when I was a kid because my dad used to tell me there was five bucks in the middle. So I used to always run out. Remember when you're out to games? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> dad told me there was five bucks pinned to the ground, like in the middle, because <laughs> we used to always go to Waverley. And then I'd never get there first because I was little. Once I got a bit bigger, I was the first out there and there was no five bucks. <laughs> I was flat. Dad goes, This has been working for like six years <laughs> every time. Anyway, I got to the third quarter, I kicked four, and then I kicked a couple early in the last, and then I remember Luke Hodge come up to me, and Hodge is a great man, and he come up to me three-quarter time, and he goes, um, Clarko just sitting at me uh, and our in, um, three-quarter time address, do not let this such and such beep, beep, kick his hundred, it's buddy's night, do whatever you do, just flood the back line. And I'm like, he's telling me this at three-quarter time, and he goes, man, I won't go back. Because I was 70 points in front, man, literally, Hodge didn't go back once, Mate, they had everyone back there, and I kicked three in the last and just missed out and getting the, the 100, which was flattening because there was 50-something thousand, two people in the one game would have kicked 100 goals, would have been a, like a number. It's never happened before, and I never will. Um, someone might not never kick 100 ever again, but, mate, it would have been amazing. But anyway, it didn't happen. Things happen for a reason. But to be on that ground when Buddy kicked it, man, was pretty special. It was like one of, nearly one of, my, one of my highlights of my footy career. Watching all the people run on, it was such a buzz, man. It was the weirdest feeling. Um, and then, because I, I thought it was going to happen for me, I <laughs> oh, was at that game, man. It was it was unbelievable, so, and I was hoping that there was another chance to run on. Because, like you said, like I've never experienced they anything like it. It was crazy. The crowd was going nuts. Because the it? funny thing was, they said that no one was allowed to jump on, and everyone was thinking, "Oh, maybe they're not going to let people yeah. come on here." And then all of a sudden, as soon as it happened, everyone was on. Right. They they just swarmed on because we had like a. Buddy and I had met with the AFL to tell us what to do if we kick it, how to get off quickly. So we'd met with the AFL. Nike had made us 100 gold boots. And anyway, at the end of the game, Nike ripped text me and go, oh, mate, you can keep the boots if you want. Well, like, why would I want 100 gold boots, mate? <laughs> I didn't kick it. Oh, you'd have them back. I don't want them. <laughs> Give me bad nightmares. But I remember my dad was, I think my dad was standing at the fence ready to run on. Oh, oh man, it was embarrassing. I was looking at him, please don't run on, Dad. Anyway, we didn't get the chance. In 2009, and it'd, be, it'd probably be hard not to touch on it, but that last sort of time that you did spend at Carlton with the Brownlow incident, with Juddy and whatnot, a story that you can sort of give us a, a timeline of how that all happened and how you ended up at Brisbane and how that time ended there. Um, yeah, well, we, God, Juddy and I went and played some blackjack. 
before the brown load, as you do, the mahogany room, grouse fun, um, won a shitload of coin. I was wrapped, <laughs> got drunk as 10 men, walked the carpet, sat down, we played drinking games. I can't remember after about round nine, man, um, which is good. That was fun. Um, and watching it all back, like I didn't, I didn't do anything that bad. I was just really drunk. Um, and, oh, man, I can't remember going to the after party and I think I took over that joint. Um, you know when you go out and you think, I used to always say, imagine if you had a camera on you, like all this, you know, when you have a big night, you wake up the next morning and go, man, what did I do last night? You can't remember. And you always think, imagine if I had a camera. Well, I did have a camera following me around. So <laughs> I, it was awful. Yeah. <laughs> I remember watching it going, oh, God, how do I delete this footage? Um, but, man, I was just drunk and um, you have those things. It was obviously a mistake, but I had fun doing it and um, don't really have any regrets because things happen for a reason. I'm a big believer of that. Um, ended up getting put on the trade table and um, I actually went to Brisbane not long after that for a holiday, man. We went with the kids because Alex was pregnant with our third child and I had a couple of meetings set up to get trade. I was going to go to Collingwood. I spoke to Eddie a fair bit. Um, they, they wanted to go win a flag in 2010 and they wanted another forward um, and Carlton wouldn't trade with them and um, obviously they went on to win the flag mm. and I spoke to St Kilda um, they wanted me to take a huge pay cut um, wasn't going to do that because I was broke because I punted everything away so I would have been stuffed um, so, but they ended up playing each other in the grand final man I was filthy I'm like shit could have gone and one of them would have played on the big the big dance. Uh, and I spoke to a couple of other clubs. And then Brisbane come along um, and offered me a massive deal at three years. So um, I thought I'd go up to Brisbane, man. I thought, perfect opportunity, new baby. No one cares in Brisbane. No one really knows footy. This would be great. No one's going to know who I am. I can just chill, have fun, do whatever I want. Little did I know that I look like Willie Mason, um, the rugby league player. Everyone's like, Willie, Willie. I'm like, Oh, really, mate? Oh, man, it was awful. Um, <laughs> anyway, it was so bad, man. And then I went up there and, and things just didn't work out. But I remember the, the day before I got traded, and not many people know this, um, Big Sticks, the great man, he didn't know Sticks really well. Yep. Um, he's a great human. And I always used to say that he only sacked me because cause he was president because I was getting real close to his record at Carlton to be the top goal kicker. Yeah. So I always used to say, and I did this gear. And he was in the crowd one day and he's like, hey, that never happened. I was like, oh, shit, Sticks is here. <laughs> anyway, he actually rang me on the Thursday before the draft of the trade period on the Friday. It was like real late, like 9.30 or something. And he said, um, mate, we're not going to trade you. We're going to keep you. Um, it's, you know, we just wanted to give, teach you a lesson. You know, when you kick your first goal against the Tigers, round one, uh, Thursday night, it'll all be forgotten. Um, you know, we, we're, we're, we've got a great side. We're building, which we were. Um, and I said, man, I, I've got to go. I've got to get out of Melbourne. I think it's my meant for everything. I just need to get out. Um, I've had enough of the bubble of footy. I just need to refresh up there and, and, and try to do my work up there. And, and that's how it happened. So Carlton never really sacked me. I left. And if I, if I do have any regrets or Christmas, uh, Christ, Christmas ball, crystal ball, would probably be that I would never have left, but things happen for a reason, as I said. And I went up there, man, more Harmon, more four and zip, sitting mm. on top of ladder. Brownie and I were dominating. And then we both got injured and then it turned pear-shaped. And then I got the uh, got the lemonade and sass. And that's what we touched on, I suppose. You said, yeah. you know, I suppose you, you get to that point there where you finished up at Brisbane and you finished up footy. 
Um, you're probably like at that stage, you're not an AFL list. Your life isn't probably going the way you want. How do you think that you turn that around to where you are now? Like, because it just seems polar opposites. Like, you've got a whole new career. Like, you're going so well in something I suppose you never thought you'd be doing. What was the turning point? Uh, Rehab. That wasn't fun. Um, I went in there for seven days, ended up being there for close to 70. Um, So that was a mental clinic that, um, well, that sorts a few people out. So that wasn't, um, I mean, that was an amazing place. I met some people in there that have been really um, affected by trauma in their life, Um, whether it was, you know, abuse, um, assault, um, all sorts of different things. Um, And, mate, these people had some really, really tough times and um, sort of woke up a little bit in there. And when I got out, man, I went in there at 99 kilos and I rolled out at about 128. Wow. well, it wasn't because of food. The food was shit out. It was because of the drugs they have you on, man. Yeah. Like all the like cereal stuff, they just blows you up. Um, and I got sacked in rehab. Like a bossy sacked me in rehab, uh, which didn't go down well. Um, but I suppose it had to happen. It was probably the best thing that ever happened to me because knowing that I didn't have footy, um, I didn't really want to play footy anymore. I went back and played at Casey when I got out. Um, which was great because I played against, um, you know, some old players. Um, I played against – I remember playing against the North Ballarat – no, the Northern Blues. Um, You would have played a fair bit down there. Oh, Um, yeah, club champion. They were (laughs) – Yeah, you're club champion. I was. I was. uh, Fucking – they shut down. Yeah, they're shut down now. And I remember playing against them. And I remember Brad Ratton said I wouldn't keep – I was listening to SEN on the way in. And I just pulled into Maccas to have my two McChiggins. And um, he said that uh, Michael Jamison, won't, he won't get a kick on Fev. So I put the – and I wrapped up the McChickens. I put it down. I didn't eat it. Man, I kicked 10 yeah. on him in three quarters. I remember that. Um, it just – that sort of stuff just gets you going. And I remember running past the boys going, the loosh hasn't lost it, the loosh. <laughs> and like, <laughs> real cocky, man. Like, And I remember – and then after that, I didn't want to play footy anymore. And then I got a call from, like, Matty Tripp, um, who used to own sports bet, now owns Crown Bet. Um, you know, huge, they're, they're from Yarrawonga. And, and I, I owed him some money to, like, bookies back in the day, and he was a bookie. And I thought, this is like a year later. I'm like, what's he calling me for, man? Like, I don't know. It's truly I don't owe him any money. And I didn't answer. I let it go through to Gilly. I'm like, I'm not answering that. It was like at 9 o'clock at night, and he was playing golf with a coach, uh, the president of Yarra. Anyway, he sent me a message going, mate, Yarra's lost the last three flags against Albury. You want me to come up and play footy? And I'm like, where's Yarrawonga? I had no idea. Man. Anyway, he sent through a deal. I didn't have a job and, like, a, a deal to play footy or what I was going to get paid, all this stuff. I was going to fly on his plane from to Yarrawonga. I said, mate, I signed the next day. I was like, this is grass. And I was only going to supposed to play home games. I went up there the first week I was there, second week. Man, I loved it. The country people were amazing. Um, they just give everything. They don't care how high you've been or how low you've been. They treat everyone the same, man. Like if you go to the pub, right, boys, Sunday, 40 blokes at the pub, met blokes are rocking up with other boots, like tracks with pants, but every bloke will be there, man. They'll be all there. They'll be hanging out. Here's a bloke ringing me right now that was a captain of the era. <laughs> how weird is that? Um, little Craig Edney played at Richmond. Um, anyway, so he, he used to live up there. They were just great blokes, man, and they really leveled me and – I changed my whole life living in Yarrawonga. I ended up living up there for two years. We won a couple of flags. I coached them. Um, and that's how I sort of got my wife back and then got my life back in a way, was living up in the country. 
That's huge, man. Um, one thing I always like to ask the guests and to finish off on, and I, you've already touched on it really, a moment that sort of fixed you up and changed your life, but is there a certain motto that you can share with us that resonates with you and your journey? Um, yeah. Um, mate, I always go by live every day that you last because one day it will be. I like that. I like that. Think about, think about that. Brother. Yeah, mm. I, I like to let them sink in know. for a bit. No, one hundred percent. It's 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 not a lie, is it? As as Dennis Pagan once said, "A true word's never been spoken, son." Fev, mate, um, I can't thank you enough uh, for your time. It's been unbelievable. Um, like I said, mate, one of my favourite players of all time. So just to be sitting down having a chat with you about it, and it's been incredible um, to see how your life's turned out now as well, especially off field, how well it's going with your family, and you, you can see how much you love them, and and they are your life now as well. So, mate, thanks again. Um, appreciate, it and hopefully, catch up for a couple of cordials when all this is over. Oh, some spike cordials. Thanks, Dill. Thanks, man. Thanks for listening to the Dylan Friends Podcast. The show is produced by Dylan Buckley and Luca Ganano. Richard Stansbury looks after the audio and editing. Samuel Kenny Creative is responsible for branding and graphic design. And the show is recorded at 3AW Studios, Collins Street, Melbourne. If you would like to contact my son, head to dylanfriends.com or look me up in the white pages and I'll pass it on. KO's got you covered for this footy season with every game of every round live and ad break free during play. AFL, here we go. Carlton versus Melbourne with no ad breaks during play. That is going to be an absolute banger. Last time these two uh, got together, well, not the last time, when I was there, I kicked three. Freo versus Swans, live with no ad breaks during play, exclusive in Victoria. And the Hawks versus Saints, live with no ad breaks during play, is going to be an absolute blockbuster. It's a must win for both of these teams. And don't forget the NBA playoffs. Gee whiz, they are going off at the moment. So many big games to mention, and they will be absolutely enthralling. Watch every game live with both Eastern and Western conferences live with ESPN on KO. There's absolutely plenty of room for everyone, so get on board with KO. Now also available on Hubble.